Hello and welcome to Eyewitness Beauty, the podcast where we talk about the biggest stories in the beauty industry each week. I am Nick Axelrod Welk, joined by Diamond Creek Bomb, DCB for short, also known as... Well, my last name begins with a K, so... DKB? We're spelling Creek with a K? So no, your real Creek last bomb. name. That's what it was. That's what it, it was. Creek bomb. K R C R E E K B O M B. I don't like being associated with bombs or other military devices. What about? Okay, fine. Creek bomb. B A L M. I love that. Annie. Nick. It's Valentine's Day. Oh, do you feel the love? No, I mean, I was telling you before we started recording, but Evie's class, there were all these emails that went out saying that you can, you know, everyone doesn't have to, but it's, you know, encouraged to bring Valentine's, but there's all these stipulations. You can't bring candy, you can't write kids' names on them, and you have to bring them for everyone. And well, of course you have to bring them for everyone. Of course. But like, I get, I mean, some people are bad people and probably wouldn't, but anyway, so I had sort of recused myself from this activity and Casey had stepped up and was like, I'm going to handle Valentine's day. Long, 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 long story short. Evie will not be handing out Valentine's in class today. Is this a preschool thing or is this like all children now are no longer allowed to bring candy to school and know each other's names? Oh, that's names? really funny. You should <laughs> I think they're allowed to know each other's names, but I think it's more of like a logistical thing that if like you put people's names on it and like one got lost or like they'd have to be like sorting through things to like find whose thing it is. But the funny thing is like these are three, two and three year olds. They don't know what the fuck Valentine's Day is. And what are they going to do with all these pieces of paper? Throw them out. They're going to go in a landfill. And for yeah. what? Mm -hmm. I mean, the no candy thing is crazy. Is this a peanut issue? Is this an allergy thing? No, it's sugar. I mean, Evie is actually going to a new school next year. And at her new school, at the tour we went on, they said that you're not allowed to bring juice. Well, I don't like a lot of juice. I'm actually discriminatory against a lot of juices. Well, juices are are not good, are just overwhelmingly bad for you. Like Minute Maid? Name one juice that's actually healthy. Tart mm. cherry juice, I guess, if you want to do that sleepy time, sleepy girl mocktail. Sleepy girl mocktail. Uh, I would say fre like fresh wheat grass, I think is still... I can see, I, I can see my skin. I can see the green coming through my the chlorophyll, like seeping out of my pores whenever I do that, which I feel like can't be. A and bad then thing. also, sometimes prune juice can be a good thing, but not in any kind of like, you know, substantial amounts. The only reason we should be using can ju like pre made, pre squoze juices is the minute made frozen cans and they should be going into mom's Vodka. margarita yeah that's the way my mom has always made margaritas and i don't even know story. if they make those like frozen minute made things anymore let's go to if we go to texas we go to tom thumb grocery store i guarantee you there's going to be a whole freezer full funny story she we my parents used to have like little social gatherings at the house and my mom would make you know 
adult margaritas and children's margaritas. And there were leftover margaritas in the freezer one summer day. And how old are you? What do I do? <laughs> Nine. Okay. But the weird thing was, didn't feel didn't feel a thing. <laughs> you already had a really high tolerance. My mom, my mom, like told me about it. At, you know, we discovered it. She's like, "Did you drink that?" And um, yeah, I didn't feel a thing. Didn't wow. Feel a thing. The first time I ever drank was the spring of my sophomore year of high school. My roommate and I, I was in boarding school and we were going on vacation with my parents and somehow we found, oh no, we, we took a bottle of vodka, like a bottle of Stoli from my dad's like liquor cabinet and drank it and chased it with orange juice speaking of juice mm. and then we replaced the vodka that we had drank with, with water, water. anyway long, like we're so hung over on the plane the next day we look like green and my mom and dad are like are you guys okay and we're just like really motion sick because it was our first time ever drinking and flash forward probably 10 years if not 15 years and I guess my dad had like was just out of all alcohols and we had friends over and, you know, I guess he found that bottle of Stoli and he was like, I guess you could have like, you know, would you like a Stoli on the rocks? And my dad's friend said, sure. And he tasted it and he was like, Steve, this is water. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know what? I got caught, but I got caught 15 years later. If you get caught as an adult, then it doesn't. No, the statute mom... of limitations is expired. Oh, mm -hmm. I got in trouble for opening Christmas Barbie dolls. Before like Christmas? No, because I got the special collector's editions Barbie dolls. You got them two years ago or you got them when you were no, a kid? Growing up, growing up, like every year I would get like one or two. And everyone knows those are made to sit on a shelf. You don't break the seal. You don't undo the little like wires. Ties, the little twisties. They stay in the box. And they stay on your shelf and you admire them from afar. And I don't know. Like I guess at some point during my fucking childhood when I was You a wanted to play with your single digit old, I must have, you know, gotten a little crazy and and wanted to play with your barbies and i bet i did it really sneakily too i bet i like used an exacto but hold on something. but was your mom she wanted to preserve them for like resale value like what was the what's the ultimate goal i mean think about it it's like the beanie it's just like people were so weird about toys in the 90s let's get real yeah like, beanie baby true. thing like i don't know i don't i don't even think they knew why you they know just knew i think that it was just like something you just right. did you just did I think were you I a horse girl? Were you a horse girl? I was asking myself this the other day. Let's get back to that. And we have to talk about we have to talk about how horse girl it is. We're entering horse girl era. <laughs> we're not, wrong because of Bella <laughs> and her beauty and her beauty line. Beyonce going country. Oh, true. It face, is. Hor let's face it. the The crossover between Swifties and horse girls is like also. Oh, that is very true. And also, guess what else? I have one other picture to show you about Horse Girl. Wait one second, please. And Nick, I don't is, know, was... Nick is holding up a photo of Sarah Jessica Parker right now. That is so fucked up, Nick. 
No, that is so fucked up. It's a picture of Kim Kardashian in bell bottoms and a cowboy hat. Oh, Kimmy. Posted 20 hours ago. Kimmy, Kim, Kim. It's horse girl. Okay, we're in our horse girl era. Anyway, continue. Well, now I even forgot what I was talking about. Oh, the Barbies. But were you a horse no. girl? So then, so then, so then, flash forward, flash forward. Don't several yell decades. at me. Do not flash for- raise your voice I- towards me. <laughs> I yell at people, Nick. You know that that's my thing. <laughs> <laughs> um. So we. Anyway, I'm like literally 30 years old. My mom. <laughs> Sorry to put them on blast like this, but my parents did get a did get a divorce. I was an adult, so it still caused me a lot of trauma. So I do claim that trauma because you were like, um, "I'm still a baby." <laughs> I'm just a baby. I remember being really overwhelmed at work one day, and like Emily, I was talking to Emily, and I was like, "Listen, my parents just got," <laughs> and she was like, "What?" <laughs> she was like, "Wow, I'm sorry." I'm, I'm like, sorry, but I'm glad that you're. I'm glad that you're literally. Like I know I'm 25, but that, that means that means it comes with it comes with a whole another set of issues. Okay, like kids, kids are resilient. Adults are not. Um. Anyway, so as what you know, as people do when they get a divorce, they move and they get like a, a adorable mid-century and like a cute neighborhood. And so my mom, of course, is bringing all the like kid stuff that like never got thrown away. The Barbies were amongst them. My brother had a bunch of like Star Wars figurines. And my, my mom's like, I got to get rid of this shit, you know, like, and she's like, these, I could do them in a yard sale, but there's like vintage toy shops. She was like, I'm going to take it to the vintage toy shop and see if I can get some money for this. <laughs> and I guess in that process, she discovered that I had baby Annie had opened <laughs> the Barbies rendering them useless, useless. Price, I mean, uh, worthless. Worthless, worthless. Not useless. They could no. They could actually like rendering them useful yet worthless. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, and so of course, as a thirty-year-old, I'm like suddenly like in trouble with my mom, as if I'm like, (laughs) like I haven't been in trouble with my mom in since I was probably sixteen years old. <laughs> right. And now it's like you've totally <laughs> fucked your inheritance. No, I haven't. My mom reminds me of that all the time. You haven't fucked it up? She's always like, listen, whatever happens, you know, I got you. Okay, that's nice. That's a nice little I know. Trust parachute. me, I'm very lucky. Okay, but in terms of horse girls in that era, I can picture you in your bedroom with like strung up like ribbons from like horse competitions no i was like briar was it briar like horses yeah those plastic horses no i wasn't a briar horse girl and i wasn't like a competition horse girl but i did do like summer camp where you would do a lot of horseback riding and we also did this thing which i didn't know at the time was weird but it was called vaulting or i think it was called vaulting and it was where where you like jump off that like springboard no, you on a horse, you stand. So a horse is like trotting around a stadium, whatever, R- a and ring. a ring. And Beyonce you plays how stadiums. To like... Okay. <laughs> Beyonce's about to play the Fort Worth stock show and you're going to eat your words. <laughs> the Grand Ole Opry. 
anyway, the horse goes around in a circle and you learn how to like stand on top of the horse and like shoot a gun from the top of the (gasps) horse and like, and then like flip off the side of the horse and like roll, like it's like gymnastics on top of a horse. And then we also did not have this at Bucks Rock Arts Camp. (laughs) I'll tell you. And like, I did you shoot guns too at camp? No, I did glass blowing. (laughs) (laughs) Literally. We worshipped Jesus. We like stood on horses and we shot guns and we did the blog. Oh my god. That's beautiful. Anyway, so that and then and then my family's always went on like vacations to like nice like ranches where you would ride horses. So I like rode a lot of horses growing up, but I was never I didn't do an identify. Got it. You were more of like a side side. I think I was like a normal Texas girl, you know, horse adjacent. Like you knew your way around a horse, but you weren't it wasn't your whole life. Oh, I can run up to a horse, no saddle, grab its uh, mane, mane, and like swing myself up on it. Like I can, can you do, s- and then stand up and fire a gun. <laughs> okay, well, let's put a pin in the horse girl that we all... don't want to talk about Bella and her and her. Well, horse you, I, I was gonna intro top stories. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. So we broke a. We had a big scoop last week which i think is a be- it's beautiful that our readers gave you exclusively credit for having uncovered <laughs> the the sort of reason behind the picture that the weird pictures that bella hadid posted on her instagram like in front of the alta headquarters sign a quick uh USTPO, the trademark office search revealed that she had filed for trademarks Applica- she had filed trademark applications in three different categories, I believe, one being cosmetics and one being bags and umbrellas and things like that. And then the other one, I forget what the third one was. Anyway, we posted it on our Instagram. Everyone was like, Annie, how'd you do it? You ha- This research is too good. And I was like, okay. <laughs> I know. Apparently, I'm the only one that can use USTPO. I have another <laughs> trademark story, too, after this. But anyway, so she's so clearly she's launching makeup at uh, oh, and the other one was sunglasses, which actually or eyewear, which makes sense for Bella. Um, yeah. But but Nick, here's my question: Does that tell us that does does that tell us anything? Like Kris Jenner will trademark all of her grandkids' names. No, but it was but it's obviously she's trademarked them in these categories, and she's at Ulta. She's launching beauty at Ulta. Yeah, but name. even if we even if she didn't. I don't know about this. I mean, I do. It does seem like she's up to something with Ulta for sure. I'm just like, can we squeeze any more from this trademark juice to give us any more information? Okay, let's see. First of all, I hope it's color. I hope it's color cosmetics. One. I think it will be. Two. There were so I I googled Bella Ulta to see who else was talking about this, and the only thing, the most recent thing that came up, and there was a lot of it, were clearly staged paparazzi photos of her like walking out of the Ulta and like Midtown with like big Ulta bags. So they've been like seeding this for a while, and I don't know. It's going to be like roadish maybe, but hopefully with color. Yeah, she got an extension on January 9th of this year. It's her when did fifth she first extension, file? 2020. Oh, that's weird. You would think that she would have done something yeah, before that. Yeah, that's why it's I think like... that it's more it's more targeted. I wonder if she'll do a fragrance. 
I don't know. The funny thing, though, is Ulta has a huge footprint in the Midwest and in strip malls. Like, that's where Ultas thrive and grow. And that's where they grow. That's their natural habitat. And I didn't, I would imagine that Bella Hadid is not exactly like a universally appealing influencer. She feels kind of coastal to me, right? Like she was, she's so high fashion. She's like Dior beauty. You know what I mean? Like Gigi makes more sense in some ways, but she's a little bit more like Americana. I don't know. I feel like there's, I feel like this idea of like coastal elites, especially when it comes to like, or like coastal fashion versus like Midwest, especially when it comes to Gen Z, when they're all consuming the same content on TikTok. Like, I don't know that there's a huge line of demarcation between like, you know. That's fair. I would say too, Bella is, has made herself so accessible with the Depop of it all, with the um dating normies with mm-hmm. the being very like unfiltered uh, you know okay so we'll see but anyway she so she is a horse girl though he she is a horse girl she, she's basically she's spent the last from, like year and a half doing that mm-hmm. she's gone from english to western which is important style writing yeah, so she obviously she grew up in what Malibu, riding David Foster's like birthday gift horses. Fleet of yep. And then Yola bought a house, a farm in Pennsylvania, and they've been Gigi and Bella go and stay with her there and have horses there. But it was it all felt very Hermes, like it all felt very waspy. But the big exciting thing is Bella has gone Western. She has started dating an Ariat sponsored writer. What is, I don't know what any of the, what's Ariat? Ariat is a boot company. Okay. You know what? You know, I know a lot about cowboy boots, right? And Oh, Ariat sponsored writer. I cannot wait for the book slash movie. Cause this will explain my whole history, but I also dated a guy in high school whose dad owned I think a couple of boot companies and they made like Lucchese and Nakona and Ariat and whatever. Anyway, hmm. I have a weird connection to cowboy boots. Clearly. <laughs> but Ariat is like a big like boot company and I they Got must all, they so probably also have like some, she's dating a, like she's that. dating a writer. Not a write not a writer, not like a scribe, a, a writer like someone oh, who's writing no, no, something. No, 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 no. Somebody that does something physically with their body. <laughs> not it, somebody who just talks about like maybe doing <laughs> working on a project at some point. <laughs> got it. And so, and I haven't done a lot of digging on him, but he seems to, there's a lot of like also South American crossover with the Western writing world. Yeah, because just, they're big in Argentina, uh, gauchos, right. right? So I'm, well, just in the whole, basically the South, South US and then like the around the equator and below that is like horse country. Right. Hmm. Yep. Right. Cowboy country. Cowboys come in all shapes and sizes. All from they come from all over the world. But this guy, I don't know. He seems like he's like comes from like a rich cowboy family. It's also like a rich people thing, no matter what. Like I know people like to think of the South, like cowboy, whatever, as like. No, but ca- it's so expensive to maintain a horse. It's so expensive. I know. To have horses is like you're probably a billionaire. 
Like you're I mean, even, you, like even like normal millionaires don't have horses. Well, isn't also a horse like over a hundred thousand dollars to buy? Yeah, and if, if you want to like injured, own one, if it gets injured, there goes your investment. If it, if it breaks its ankle, it's like literally dead. Did you know that about horses? Yes, they, like, can't that's fix horrible. Their... I can't think about that. I want. I know to try. it just would make me so sad. They should, you know, the we should start a charity that is about research, so that we don't have to kill horses when they break their ankle. Why can't they just make them a huge doggy wheelchair? Cast like oh, you know what I mean? Or like amputate the ankle and then just like put a fake one on. Prosthetics prosthetics i guess the issue is like they can't lie down for that long i think because of like how they're, like they would like their their body would you know like, what the, their it, blood and stuff like doesn't circulate right or something nor, nor, normally i like to separate the two horses and ketamine but it sounds like this might be <laughs> <laughs> well yeah, a good use the time for, where good, we remind it, people it's that intended use. yeah okay there's an idea Okay, so Bella, we're really excited to see your next phase. Please come on the pod. Every other yes. pod has had Haley. <laughs> so, you know, I say not that we don't love Haley. I'm just saying, you know, you've always been an original. <laughs> the other news that I sent you this morning, this is so this is really breaking news, is Netta Porte is cutting its beauty offering. I think they had something like 200 brands. They're cutting it down to 70. So less than they're going down to less than half the number of brands that they had, which I just think is interesting in that we saw Farfetch like close its beauty operations after acquiring Violet Gray. Remember like the whole launch was this, it was like a they huge fancy it? rollout. Didn't How they? Did, did that happen during our dark period? How did I miss that? I, I mean, am I surprised? No, but because maybe they it, didn't. Maybe it, oh yeah, Farfetch is selling Violet Gray in October. They announced it. They're exiting the category. Yeah. People think beauty so easy. Well, the issue. I mean, here's the issue, and I think we talked about this when Farfetch launched Beauty. Was like, with the internet, you can get. Like it, like when we were talking about Embryolise, for example, the moisturizer, add into the gloss in 2013 or whenever you mm-hmm. – 10 years ago, you had to go to a pharmacy in France to get it. Mm-hmm. Even though like there was the internet, it wasn't the Stone Age. It was just different, right? Then in part thanks to you know stateside publicity but also just the sort of – the the maturity the maturation of the web and like e-commerce like all of a sudden you can now get all of these things everywhere all at once which is the sequel to the movie all of these things everywhere all at once it's about french pharmacy products not the asian american experience anyway so i think when you launch beauty as a retailer in 2022 or 2023 you have to think, what is my point of view that is making my curation different than someone else's curation on a different website? What are you getting here that you can't get on another site? And when- Well, there's there's curation, but there's also presentation. And I found that Netta Porter, Motor Operandi, sorry, I love you. Lauren, you know I love you. 
I would love friends and family code <laughs> or something. Maybe some free like Oscar de la Renta dresses. But I will say, and maybe we can do a trade where I can consult on the okay, content. Okay, continue. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yes. The content that's presented alongside these beauty products that it's almost like you're they're expecting people to buy stuff that they've already tried or something but it's not like like when when glossier was launching we wanted to fill that pdp with so much information that it felt like you were shopping in person and you don't you don't see swatches you don't see the makeup on skin even on violet gray like i totally respect these brands and think that they're curating cool products and you know i get their point of view and i like a snobby beauty experience but they make it so hard to shop because they don't include like any photography or video or anything okay well what's interesting about that is i think what you're talking about with into the with glossier was like a vertically integrated beauty company that produced its own products that it sold and so was funding the shoots and the creative and the design of all of these like assets that you're talking about. You know, when, for example, like when a brand enters Sephora, Sephora is not shooting your, you know, bottle images, your packaging images, your swatch images, your before and afters, you're providing all of those. So like there's an asset, mm-hmm. like when you go onto Sephora, there's an asset list that you need to provide them and it's up to you to shoot those and pay for them. So I think, you know, where, when you're like a violet gray, you're going to a lot of young, very young brands who probably don't have many points of distribution. Certainly they're not, you know, already in a Sephora violet gray is sort of the, like where, where Sephora and Ulta looked for newness. So you're getting these tiny brands who don't have the budget or the capacity or the right people employed to, to create these assets. So you kind of do what you can do. And Violet Gray was very good at storytelling. Like famously, they had they blew the fuck up out of Augustinus Bader through like social media storytelling and sort of like early influencer kind of content. But I think generally speaking, when you're curating these products, like you're unless you're ramping up your own like if you're net a and you're ramping up your own content production around beauty which is an expensive undertaking you're relying on these brands to provide assets and like you only do that if your business is as, as potentially big as sephora which is just a bigger opportunity yes and can, can i have 60 seconds to respond yes okay here's my question you bring up net a they produce photo shoots for every single product they have on that website and they do photo they do multiple photos and video and retouching and they style the fuck out of every look. And these are for products that are ephemeral. They come and go. Like every season, every few weeks, they're restocking, 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 restocking. The beauty category is different. You're not having new products in every every season. Like if there's a Gucci Westman lipstick that is doing well, it's going to be here for several years. So why yeah. are they not making the investment to shoot a, a short video, a few more photos of the product. Like, because it just doesn't beauty make any sense is still the redheaded stepchild of these like first gen fashion companies. It's like Net-A-Porte was started by a, a former fashion editor, a very intelligent, very creative, very forward thinking fashion editor, but a fashion editor. And its DNA is as a fashion brand, much like an, a sort of an editorialized fashion e-commerce play. So of course they don't give a fuck about beauty. Like neither does Vogue. But is it that they don't give a fuck, or is that like not not sorry? It's like so the, I, I, I take so that fun. back. It's not that they don't give a fuck. It's that like 
fashion is the reason for the season and beauty is like, oh, maybe we can make money on this, but it's not seen as like an inspiration for creative. I wonder if there was some sort of kind of decision-making process where they were like, okay, we'll do beauty and see how it does. And if it does well, we'll invest more into it. But that's like a logical fallacy because if you don't invest, it's not going to do well. So it's like, it's almost like they just threw it up on the site to see like, oh, are people going to buy it or not? And if they do, then like, we'll throw a little bit more money at it and like build it out. But yeah, I mean, I think like it's, you know, having grown up in the fashion industry and then moving over to beauty, there were very few people when I left fashion to go work with Emily who understood why I was doing what I was doing because it was just not seen as, as important Mm -hmm. whether or not, like it was sort of a dirty secret that L'Oreal was the big, one of the biggest advertisers of at both Hearst and Condé Nast. Like, because really what was exciting was LVMH, right? Or like, you know, like getting those ads. So, you know, I think it, this is as much as like, it's become a much more important business and VC has become more interested in it and everyone, there's a lot more M&A activity happening in beauty as opposed to fashion. As I tell people who want to start fashion brands all the time, I've never met someone who's made money <laughs> making it clothing maybe people break even but generally i just don't know anyone who has i still think it's just not it takes a different type of person to be able to create content out of beauty you're right on that baby like net-a-porter and even moda moda hired our fat mascara friend yes jess because they know that they need someone who knows how to make con like she's an editor. She knows how to make content around beauty products, right? Like that okay. is an essential skill. Hopefully she's been armed with enough other people to help Resources. execute that. Yeah. Right. Because mm-hmm. I think probably a lot of these companies would just hire one person, but one person can't do it all. But like Net-A-Porter, like the, their focus was always going to be fashion. I mean, Mr. Porter, his days are numbered. Why? Because everything is like 95% off like what at the end men, of the season. What are men shopping for now? Like, what's I don't know. The... I mean, I have like, the, here's the, the thing is I've ne- I haven't bought something on Mr. Porter in probably like eight years. But like, where are you shopping? You're shopping at justinb.com. I shop. I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I think moving to LA definitely changed how I dressed. Like I'm a lot more casual. I'm not trying to wear fashion. Like in New York, you're kind of like wearing an outfit, but in LA, it doesn't really make sense somehow. I don't really shop. I mean, I, I buy a lot of Cole Buxton, which is this UK sportswear company that I'm obsessed with. And they have really great sweaters and like knitwear. And... I don't know. Hmm. I buy my Carhartt work in progress pants and I get yeah. expensive shoes and that's sort of my outfit. Okay. Yeah. I've been on a shopping, like I've just been kind of uninterested. I mean, definitely not uninterested. I just don't have the money to buy the clothes that I would want to buy. <sighs> I've also transferred all of my shopping addictions to interiors. Yes. That's healthy. Yeah. And Um, the other, and the crazy thing about interiors is like, 
unlike fashion, where there is a maximum amount of money that you can charge or that you can pay for a white t-shirt. The row. How much is a row white t-shirt? $650? Right. Okay. That is the most money that you can pay for a white t-shirt. In (laughs) interiors, like, what is the most money that you could pay for a yard of fabric? The limit does the li- not the exist. The limit does not exist. <laughs> it's crazy. And is this in your quest for vintage fab- antique fabrics? No, no. What? This is, I mean, this. <clears throat> it could be anything. I feel like interiors might be the next, like, massive like growth opportunity, growth category, mm-hmm. because you look around at these, like, interior companies that most consumers don't know about that are doing kind of to the trade business and they seem like they're so successful. Like, have you ever been to like the Holly Hunt showroom? It's so fancy. Like they must be making so much money on fab, like making fabrics. My friend's dad has, um, <laughs> she's gonna, she's gonna LOL. Cause it's the second time I'm bringing her up in like two weeks. My rich friend <laughs> with the Yeti cups. <laughs> Oh yeah. She so her dad owned a um well first of all her mother is also independently successful so let's just get that right. But her dad owns a furniture what's it called showroom but it's for like hotels, business interiors, like really like large scale businesses. Yeah. Um and yeah, the that whole industry is just like I mean think of like the amount of money being spent on even just the logistics alone of getting pieces from here to there, like customization, importing materials. Like it's just, but I have a theory around like, I have like a kooky, I've had this kooky theory for a while around like what does sustainability actually look like in practice? Like if people are truly wanting to live more intentionally and like, how does that affect consumption? How does that also affect like our aesthetics? What do you mean? Well, I'm going to give you an example. So, okay, perfect. You know, like for a long time, and I think still it's happening, you see these huge marble slabs. Like Kim Kardashian's house is basically one giant marble slab that was like imported in one piece from like Calcutta, right. you know? Mm-hmm. And that the carbon footprint of that is just insane, right? Meaning um, like transportation, gas, jet fuel, whatever everything and it's all in it's all in the name of like aesthetics and it's all new it's a new build it's there's nothing that's like maintaining there's no maintenance there's no craftsmanship to it sorry and then there's i think the way that people used to live which is you would have your local like specialists like you would have the blacksmith you would have the tile layers you would have woodworkers things like that and like it seems like those businesses are and those skills are like dying out even like small appliance repair i remember like growing up if the vacuum cleaner would break you would take it to the repair shop and now it's like people just i don't know what they send they send they maybe if it's an expensive piece of machinery or piece of uh, equipment and the company is established you would send it back but then they would just send you a new one and God knows what they're doing with like the parts. Like, do they just throw it away? Like, if a vacuum breaks, people aren't going to go to, or they're not even going to send it in. They're going to, they're going to just like, they lost the receipt. They don't know when they bought it. They're just going to throw it out when it, maybe it's just like a simple repair. Maybe it's just like changing a filter. But oftentimes it's like cheaper 
because like all of the mom and pop, like, you know, blacksmiths to VCR repair, you know, like all the different like trades have had to have died, like because of like, whatever, Amazon probably like now it's so expensive, like to get your vacuum cleaner repaired that sometimes it's cheaper so here's a, I have another example. I bought a I bought a rug. I need to get the rug clean. Guess what? Getting the rug clean was like over five hundred dollars because there's only two places in LA where you can like get a rug, like an an old rug, professionally cleaned, and it was cheaper to like buy another rug on Etsy. The other thing is, so like if you have a non Kim Kardashian house and your tile breaks, like you should go and like have that worked on and like repaired yeah. not rip everything out like there's just i feel like we're good we're going to get back to making small changes and actually designing things from like a craftsman level and mm -hmm. i think like actually TikTok and social media is uncovering these people who are like hyper specialists at their thing you know like the vintage tile guy the i also i love oh my god these are my favorite TikToks to watch where it's like someone restoring like an antique like hoofing machine or something <laughs> Yeah, oh. you know what I mean? Like they're they're yeah. out there. Um they just don't have a ton of exposure. People don't even know that there's a person that does that thing because we've been so Yes, you're actually so like... right. Like you have a you have a rusty cast iron pan. You go on Etsy, you can find people who will for like 50 bucks, you know. Or you can find a your... YouTube video to like yeah. do it yourself, you know? Like I I just I, I think that that's what actual everyday like living by a more like, I don't know, eco-friendly instead of just by doing the greenwash products and the like composting and things like that. I think that there's more like micro decisions that we can make yeah. day to day that will involve, you know, handmade things that don't have to be transported from, you know, the other side of the world, you know, local materials, local craftsmen, repurposing things like buying on Depop. I don't know. I just... I feel like hopefully we can – am I making any sense at all? I mean you're making sense, but I think it's too late. I'm a bit of like a fatalist when it comes to all I know, this. I know, I know. I normally am. Like I mean like that. I feel like the the newspapers try to tell us like we have three more years. Like they're trying not to be like we've already done it. You know, generally speaking, they try to be a little bit more positive. Like two more – scientists say we have two more years to correct, but no, it's already done. <laughs> Anyway, what other beauty We're going to have to shop local when the whole like global infrastructure shuts down. Yeah, exactly. So, well, of course. <laughs> exactly. You better get used you, to it. Beauty news. Beauty news. Hold on. We did have beauty news. First of all, we one, we, we had a major oversight in our bonus episode. You, my friend, did not give I, your update. I know. I forgot to give my update about, talk about not shopping local. I bought a pair of Uggs from Australia, which we discovered or we uncovered in a recent episode are the only real Uggs. Essentially, the the Uggs that we're buying on Ugg.com is a different company, a different brand, not made in Australia, have nothing to do with Uggs since, what, what was it, like 1974 or something? So mm -hmm. I bought a pair, as a, as a good journalist, I bought a pair of Ugg moccasins from Australia. And I was – like all of them have a very long lead time. I don't know whether they're made to order, but 
it was it took months. They're green, like they're kind of like the slipper. So like it's like the mini the ultra mini but without the without any ankle coverage. Okay. And I hate them. And why do we hate them? They like they don't stay on your foot, like on the your heel, like your heel is not well taken care of in the heel cup, so to speak. And they're like pointy elf shoes. And they also like the the sole is slightly angled. They're men's too, like but the wedge? sole is slightly it's almost like a like but the inner sole is like a wedge. So you're kind of like your feet are uncomfortable like your toes are kind of like pushed forward. They're just bad. They're bad. Damn. I can't wear them. You know what? We might have to be moo girls now. What are moo cowgirls? Moo? Is it called moo? What's moo? Yeah, M O U. They're sheepskin shoes. They're the ones that I feel like kind of tacky rich people wear that have a lot of they have like stitching, visible stitching. I don't know about those. I feel like Brazilian supermodels wear them when like they have to take their private jet somewhere cold. I don't know about them. I mean, uh, or we just stick to American Uggs. I don't know. I don't feel great about that. I just really don't feel good about American Uggs. After, because now like, you seeing... know too much? Well, also I realize like the sheepskin is no longer sheepskin. It's all – it's like plastic. It's like faux. It's oh, were you talking about the TikTok that's like, oh, here are Uggs that I bought 10 years ago and like the inner sheepskin is like beautifully like puffy and then there's ones – here's the ones that I bought two years ago and they're like destroyed or like – like basically like no. the production's gone down so much with Uggs. No, this is separate from TikTok. This is just my like shopping for some new a new set of Uggs online and seeing like just reading like the the contents, you know, of the shoe and it's saying like, oh, this is faux sheepskin. It's not oh, even real sheepskin. So vegan pandering, what else is new? Et two Ugg. <laughs> Et two. Oh, the Bieber phone case, road phone case. It yeah, you called that. Will come out by the end of the month. What else did I call? Oh, I called the CeraVe Super Bowl commercial. Mm, you did. Mm, when else was I right? I mean, we didn't even talk about the Super Bowl. Not that I care, but... I was amazed at Usher's, the depth of Usher's discography. I had no idea that he had so many hits. I mean, I don't know why I'm oh, surprised. Yeah. He is truly the Michael Jackson of our generation. Yeah. I was disappointed with that performance. Disappointed in what? I What? Really? Yeah. I thought it was like. I mean, how do you. I mean, to follow Rihanna, though, is an impossible task. Well, you said it. I was kind of weirded out that it felt like. Beyonce was hitching her goddess chariot to Taylor's wagon on debuting her new album at the Super Bowl. Hmm. Well, I mean, they were the two names of last year, right? Like the two, the two tours, like the reason why like women were having a moment, quote unquote, was like Beyonce were Beyonce and Taylor. So I, maybe she's just like used to having to share that spotlight. But I just feel like why the super what what do Beyonce and the Super Bowl have in common? 
Has she ever like? She, I mean, famously one of the best performances when she brought out no, Destiny's I mean, Child. Like, does she always attend the Super Bowl? You're asking the wrong person. Beyonce Super Bowl attendance. I mean, I think it's just like as a media event, and in terms of eyeballs, like I know, there's no I'm better saying. place to like launch. And I also think that potentially, like, they're speaking to different audiences. Like, I don't know. Like, I, I'm, I'm a Beyonce person. I could give a f about T Swift. Oh yeah, I'm like very, I'm very, I'm very much like dedicated to following this yeah. new era of Beyonce. Like, no doubt. I'm, I'm glad that she released a country album. I think it's just abominable. That yep. they're not playing it on country radio. Um, Are they not? Like I, I've tried not to like. I, I can't. My heart can't handle like all the hate. So like, I think what's they probably. I think they probably are at this point. I read one article about somebody called into a country station requesting that they play Texas Hold'em, and they said we don't play Beyonce on this station. That's so silly. I listened. I like the song. Me too. I love I love a Western aesthetic. It's the best. I, if I could wear a cowboy hat and s- starch jeans and cowboy boots every day. I mean, if anyone can uh. do it, you can because of your heritage. I have two products that we can talk about. Okay, one isn't a product. I lied. <laughs> but I do recommend that people consume it. And that is, if you're in New York... There's a play going on called Oh Mary, and it's so funny. It was just nonstop laughs. Nonstop laughs. Yes. So it's Cola Scola plays Mary Todd Lincoln. And and they wrote it and directed it and starred in it. Yes, exactly. It's and at the Cherry Lane Theater. It's not the Cherry Lane Theater, but it's nearby. I like the lore. So it's an L. It's on Christmas. Lucille Lortel or whatever. Like nonstop laughs. And just. I want to see it so badly. Cola Scola <sighs> is so, so funny. I went last night on a Tuesday. It was like sold out. And I think I think it's going on for a couple more weeks. So definitely see it. It's just so good. I was just, I was lolling like the whole way through. It's um, like a real, it's, it's basically the, it's the story. Is it the story of like the assassination assassination. told (laughs) from the perspective of mary todd lincoln (laughs) vaguely (laughs) told from the mind of cola escola there you go okay what's your other what's your product product okay so my product is i know we've had we've shared some critical thoughts on our girl's brand but she impressed me this week and that is lady gaga's haas labs I went into Sephora. I bought. I I was like, I'm needing a, a concealer that matches whatever skin tone I have right now, and it's the concealer, and it comes in a wand. I'm just seeing now that it's actually made in Korea, so there you go. No wonder the texture so beautiful. And I would say if you like the closest concealer, but sometimes find that it is too sheer for actual coverage where you need it most and maybe it doesn't come in your exact color i have trouble finding my color in the kosas line get the haas labs it is so moisturizing so it covers so nicely 
it's, it's, by moisturizing, do you mean that it doesn't get in like the creaks and the cracks of your like eyes? Yes, that's a great way to describe it. So, and I will say though, the texture is as it dries, it does turn into more of a paste. So you do have to work quickly. And I would recommend applying it on very moisturized skin, like a, use a serum or a moisturizer that has kind of that tack to it. Mm -hmm. Because that's what will interact best with this formula. And your skin will just stay like dewy and moisturized all day. Um, and it's really, it layers really well. So Is it the Triclone even... Skin Tech Hydrating Depuffing Concealer? It has to be. Cool. So yeah, I recommend it a lot. Again, don't put it on dry skin. Put it on like like attracts like. Do like a nice moisturizy, like dewy base before you put this on. Okay. I'm very impressed. Very impressed. Okay, I'm in. What else do I have to do? You have to tell me your product of the week. You know what I've come back around to? No. Which apparently I just saw a headline in Glossy that like a uh, a jar of Tatcha's dewy um, moisturizing cream, dewy moisturizer is sold every 60 seconds. But I'm back on Tatcha's dewy skin cream. Okay. It's, five, it's a five-year-old cream. It is the brand's best sellers according to Glossy by sales dollars and units and the top seller at Sephora and the overall sales for just this one product continue to grow at a double digit percentage annually. But I didn't read that. I didn't know that. I just bought it because I, I just come back around to loving the idea of like a dewy moisturizer. Like I want to, I don't want a moisturizer that like disappears. I want like, I want to, I want to know I have it on, you know? So it leaves that kind of like tactile. Yeah. Like that's what I'm talking about. That's so. This it sounds like it would work really well. well with it sounds like a match made in heaven. Sounds like the one. I the one thing I wish, the one thing I wish is that Tatcha did not add fragrance, or specifically did not add this fragrance to their products. What? It's just I don't. It's not my fragrance, and like it's really strong, and it smells old lady to me. How have you tried the Lanjean? How you say it? Lineage. Like water bank. Lineage. Lineage. They have like a similar dewy skin moisturizer. Really? Mm -hmm. I'll try it. Don't worry. Um, They do. And then uh, I think that brand Belief. Don't quote me on that. Yep. There's been, I, there's obviously been like a category expansion here in the dewy skin moisturizers. I used to love the Clinique pink um, moisture surge, but they changed yep. the formula when I was in college, yeah, unfortunately. So I haven't used that in 20 years. So that's that. I, I feel like I had a big old jar of this dewy skin cream at one point and didn't, I, I didn't appreciate it when I had it's it. It's just really smelly. That's the problem. Mm -hmm. I know. And I don't, I don't like that either. I wish it wasn't, but it is. Oh, I have an update. Look at my eyebrows. I can move them again. Is that good or bad? I think it's good. Well, I mean, Casey's whole technique like is that it's all, he doesn't freeze anything. They were frozen for a bit. Totally frozen? I couldn't really do really? You couldn't do that? 
I could move my hairline down and open yeah. my eyes wide, but the brows but that's, were just... Well, that's what you want. Le he didn't do it, though, where the brows dropped and made me look angry all the time. Correct. So I was, like, yeah, fine no. with there not being movement. And actually, you know what I was reading? I was reading, and everybody probably, probably already knows this, but I just figured it out by experiencing it. If you get both... If you have a strong, strong muscular brow and... You have feelings it can result in actually making your mood worse because your brows will naturally end up in like a scowl shape so um, okay that's really funny you say that because casey would tell me sometimes that he'd have patients um who had gone to other practitioners and mm -hmm. said that the botox made them feel depressed I wonder if it's because it dropped their brows. And it is. Like, I mean, that it's like when, because like, obviously mind-body connection, but like when you have the feeling, the physical sensation of like scowling. Yeah. And when you have the physical sensation of your, of your brows being pulled back in a more open expression, which is usually how you are when you're happy and in a good mood, it puts you in a good mood. It's the same concept of like they say, I think in yoga practice or meditation to like smile and it will. Put no, that's you in what a construction workers say when you walk by. <laughs> Nick, you are quick, quick, Nick. Smile, Cookie sweetie Nicky. pie. Swat, smile. Mm -hmm. No, I know what you mean. Yeah, it put me in just the best mood. So I am a little worried that it's wearing. About off. what? Well, don't worry. You know where to, you know where to come. You know where to go. I actually don't remember the address, and it's not on your website. Eight two two North La Cienega. I have to go, but before I do, I'd like to say that Eyewitness Beauty is produced by Jonathan Cornman at Friend of a Pod. We are beautifully edited, and apologies for last week where my sound my audio was horrible and it was not it was my fault not aj mosley's fault who edits our podcast we're available on patreon at patreon.com slash eyewitness beauty please at any paid tier support us because the money goes directly to the production of the podcast we've never once had an ad on our podcast and we've never done anything sponsored and I saw like some comment somewhere, someone saying that's something they liked about our podcast. And so maybe that's a selling point for us. But in order to do that, mm. guys, you got to put your money where your mouth is. So join us on that Patreon. If you can, you get a monthly bonus episode where we get a little bit more unfiltered. You get video episodes so you can see our Shana Poonam's. Um, up close and personal on a weekly basis and we'll answer questions and comments there too okay bye until next week bye